Hello, Anti-Trenders! Happy New Year! I feel like I said that the last time we recorded, but I'm just covering my bases. Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. It is I, James, your host, speaking a little bit too closely into the mic based on what Audacity is telling me. And joining me are my usual hosts. Hi everyone, this is Gracie hopping back and forth between Girl Taku Podcast and the Anime Trending Podcast, though Girl Taku has actually been on a hiatus for the last several weeks, but we will be back, I promise. And this is Nico. And so something happened this week in anime world that freaked myself out and also Agnes probably. So I think sometime after this recording, we're going to have to just have an entire episode of just Agnes and I just saying our thoughts on the ending for Mobile Suit Gundam Witch for Mercury. It's a That was a crazy episode that happened for there. And now I have an entire season where I have to wait until the next the next part to come out in the uh, spring season. Oh, that's why my friend told me to wait three months. So there's, I'm in a discord server and there's a bunch of like Gundam fan. It's a dedicated Gundam fan art posting. Like we're just posting Twitter links and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, I should really watch this show. And the immediate reply was no, wait three months. And I went, why? But now I know you why. actually should watch the show. I'm going to, I'm going to go against your friends. I know better than them, but, okay. um, it it was a wild like last episode that was so good that it honestly hurts that I have to wait until the next season that I have to just I have to put all of my findings of what I think is going to happen on a wall right now because that's the only way I can like get through this current season. It, it doesn't matter how good this season's going to be. It's just like that show was so enjoyable for me that I I was I was like literally screaming watching that episode. And I think some parts of Twitter exploded. Yeah, I mean, the explosion in fan art uh, is indicative, probably. You know, that's the best part about being on... Twitter's bad. It is It is just taking psychic damage directly every time I open the app. But it's also a really cool way to see, like, when big things happen for particular shows. Because the things trend on Twitter, or I just get a bunch of stuff retweeted onto my timeline, which is always amusing. Yeah, exactly. And so you, you start seeing all of the really dark fan art. Because I think it's just the fact that, like, it's... There's a, there's a couple subset of people that are like, ah, yes, this is finally a Gundam show where they've been experiencing relatively dark concepts throughout the entire show. And even like the episode zero for which, which for Mercury, I think is kind of in that same level of like, yes, this is a very dark show and not necessarily just a coming of age story in a, in a high school setting. Um, and, and so not to spoil it on this podcast, but yeah, so the plan right now is that Agnes and I will just have all of our findings we're going to kind of put into the metaphorical uh, wall of sorts to try to map out what the heck we just processed. I will absolutely find a way to edit that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia screen cap, but just with your avatar, the, the avatar little chibis that we have. Yeah, there yeah, no, it, it's, it, was, it was wild. It was a good time. Um, because, like, that's that's how I got to get get through the next season because I just that's all I want right now. Luckily, there are some really good shows coming out for this uh, season coming out. So we have like the first episode. So this is the uh, winter 2023 first impressions. It is. If, not going to lie for a second. I thought you were going to say 2022 and I was bracing myself to be like, oh, Nick's going to get it wrong. I don't know why. Probably because I was going to get it wrong if I said it aloud. I have to say it out loud or else I'm going to forget the passage of time. And then one day I'm going to wake up and I'm like... I, I won't recognize myself in the mirror, so we have to we have to be more cognizant of that <laughs> with each season. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, I was I was talking with uh, with my mom today, and I was like, "Yeah, today's Wednesday, the 11th," and she said, "No, it's not. It's the 10th." And I said, "No, it's the 11th." Not because I remember yesterday, but because I know it's Friday the 13th this week, and I just worked backwards from there. Mm-hmm. I see so. that Gracie on the notes has brought up her tier list. That's actually a pretty helpful guide for, I guess, what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, uh, that that's yeah. for my own reference. Without it, I'm going to lose track because yeah. I have more than 20. So. Yeah, Gracie has, like, that's the most, so I think, by far among all of us, as per usual. Um, yeah, she puts all of us to shame Puts a here. lot of effort into having way better takes than I could ever think of. Um, I, I sacrificed my dating life for this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. That sounds like the plot of an anime. You guys think I'm joking, anyway. but actually I do sacrifice my dating life. For <laughs> <laughs> um, it takes quite a bit of time. Oh, so. 
Yeah, no, anime, anime is a, it's a full-time job here at, uh, Yes, anime and Trending. dating also uh, takes a bit of time, so it was between dating and anime, and I ended up choosing anime, so. That's, I don't want to say, like, you're leaning into stereotypes as, like, an otaku, but you're leaning into stereotypes as Dude, an otaku. Dude, I've been a stereotypical otaku for a long time, with the big, with the very big difference of me being an extrovert instead, so. <laughs> There we are. All right. So yes, it is the it is the um the first impressions episode, and uh Nick and I haven't watched as many as Gracie, so I don't want to like put ourselves first, but I want to go first because if I don't go first, I don't get to say things for. You know what? I'm just gonna start. Hi, I watched Trigun Stampede, and I watched it with my sister because it's the holidays still for me. It's really neat watching anime with my sister because she says things that take me off guard, um, which was the opening scene. And her first response was, oh, it's 3D. And I went, dearest sister, you don't need to say that. 3D anime can be good. This is Studio Orange. They did Beastars. You liked Beastars. And she was like, it's fine. The issue is that this anime is giving me Ruby vibes. And I went, please stop talking or else you're going to ruin this for me. So anyway... <laughs> Um, this is the first 20 show. seconds of the show. Or this first is like the impression. first 20 seconds of the Why show. Why are they here? Why are they on the spaceship? I don't like spaceships. And then it's going to be a completely different setting for, for like Vash in the, on the desert planet. Yeah, it's like, whole... why are they in space? Why are things exploding? And then I'm like, can you just give it a second? And then we end up in space, Texas. So, um, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it. I have very little memory of the original Trigun. I remember being in a hotel room one evening and like an episode of it came on to Toonami and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Uh, and then I never watched any more of it because this was before streaming happened. And also I was like in middle school, so uh, I didn't have a computer. But I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, it's It's got a strong opening. It's got interesting, interesting animation. It's, it's, I don't know. It it does sometimes. I, I sometimes do have to agree with my sister on like sometimes it feels a little off, but I think once I get into it, it'll it'll be it'll be totally fine. I think it's just been a while since I've watched a, a complete three D, um, show, and of course it's got the Trigon title on it, so I have high expectations, and I am looking forward to some of my favorite characters appearing, and so yes. One episode in, I'm excited. We got cool explosions. We got cool characters. And we've got a really good setup for what the rest of the series is going to be. A big man in his jellyfish outfit playing a pipe organ makes me laugh. <laughs> what did you think, Nick? I, I liked it. I think I think from the release materials that they had sent out before, such as like the trailer and the teaser. I mean, the first episode pretty much is kind of like all of the in-betweens for pretty much all of the scenes in the initial episode. Um, I have watched all of Trigun um, a while back, so I do remember like a lot of the parts I really enjoyed. And one of the things that I think that makes Trigun unique, in similar to like Cowboy Bebop, is kind of like the episodic nature uh, combining with a lot of the different uh, genre breaks throughout the show. Um, it's more or less focused on the action part with kind of the sillier antics as we go. And there's only kind of a few episodes throughout the series that I think gets into the more serious tone, um, such as like introducing Vash's backstory uh, in the later half of the show. Whereas Trigon Stampede makes the decision to introduce that right off the bat. Um because they basically just immediately say that a million's knives and Vash are our brothers and had grown up together in like not not on the same planet, um, and that that's kind of what that initial scene was kind of supposed supposed to show, and that's 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 a part that shows up like way later down the line, um, kind of just showing that like normally you're introduced to Vash as like a very uh, carefree, happy-go-lucky guy that happens to be insanely good at gunslinging. Um, and then later on, you get more of the, like, his dark brooding past that kind of shows, like, why he's got to put on the happier front, um, in a lot of ways. With respect to the 3D animation, um, there are some spots where I felt like 
it, it does kind of like feel gets a little rough like on the facial animation but like i feel like that's just happened so many times now even like with b stars and stuff that this is more of like the problem just because they're humanoid rather than like animals in b star right. or rock yeah, people true, in um Land Atlanta, they're illustrious same studio um, yeah, you run the Uncanny Valley risk a little closer. Yeah, and they have to lean into it by make, giving it more of a cartoony look um, in some of the areas, which I think is a good way to hide that stuff. Um, especially in the very first scene where there's, where's like the enemy uh, raider guy that's about to shoot Vash in the chest. And I think the, the jelly movement he does, where he, how he dodges those bullets, I think puts my mind a lot at ease over like how the animation is going to look because like the, the motion is really cool in like a fluid way. Um, yeah, it looks very wiggly. Yeah. It has to go like the jelly cartoon physics. Um, but it, it works in a way that I think they, I don't know how they did it from like a technical standpoint, if they made it like higher frame rate on those spots or if they just heavily emphasize the cartoony part, um, like, like on those areas, but it, it definitely does like, that that was probably like my favorite moment individually within the animation. Um, the it did stick out for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that like it it will have its own good enough animation where I'm like I don't have to necessarily deep dive on like the plot or how the other like characters interact um, because the animation looked pretty solid going forward. So I, I think it has uh, it can live up to its expectation and not be like some sort of like remake that no one necessarily asked for like like we've seen in some cases um yeah my only one gripe as like a as a trigun fan is that there was like a, i don't understand why they made the choice to not include millie thompson as a character because she's not in any of the like promo material and she oh i didn't notice that and she's like my favorite character going in because like normally um the main difference is that meryl in the original, it was Meryl Strife. She's an insurance agent. Yeah, they're insurance agents because they have to follow the trail of destruction <laughs> yeah. that Vash ends up <laughs> leaving behind. Even though that's my favorite. Most part of the time, them. it's like not even his fault. He just happens to get involved in like anything bad. Whereas this time, Meryl Strife is kind of a hot beat reporter trying to get the big scoop on on some sort of reporting. Um, and so she's paired up with like a more gruff, older, uh, R- tough Roberto, man. whose mustache animation makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and he's not even, I don't even remember if he was part of the, the like, the original cast or if he was just like a side character that they gave him, like, the role. Um, mm-hmm. When I was watching it, I was originally like, this isn't, that's not Nicholas D. Wolfwood, right? Because, like, that's the guy who, um, who always carries his, like, gun that's in the shape of a cross on his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's in the promo material because I mean he's a fan favorite. You can't you can't have a show without him. So that's why I'm like, man, I kind of wish we had Millie Thompson because I think she just adds like I that too. that vibe of like the cheerful, really buff, large girl with like the huge gun is like kind yeah, of a funny it's, dynamic it's, with 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 the, the two of them. The two of them played off each other really well in terms of like character differences, and also I love Meryl as an insurance agent because she gives off overworked office lady vibes. And I can get behind that. Yeah, and they're like also like gunslingers at the same time. So it's like it's just kind of a weird. It's like a funny inversion of the the tropes from that. Um, it's good stuff. Oh, one thing that popped into my head as you were talking is uh, the soundtrack, though. Episode one soundtrack, bunch of bangers. I love it. I love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It, it's it stood out really well. It stood out to my sister also. I keep mentioning her because again. She doesn't watch a lot of anime, so anytime she has anything positive to say about it or just expresses a thought out loud at all, it's usually something I have missed or is oddly profound. That's cool, yeah. So, Gracie, I see on your tier list you have Trigon Stampede as S tier. S for Stampede. <laughs> Very funny. Yes, I. Um, <laughs> so I've watched so many that I just put it in a tier list, not because it's fun, but because I actually need it for my sanity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I did put Trigon Stampede on my S tier. I really enjoyed it. I'm in the same boat as James. I don't remember much of the original. I did watch the whole thing, but I was more into my shoujo anime of that time than um, 
than these kinds of anime. My uh, basically my genres haven't branched out yet the way that it has now essentially. So um so I don't remember much of it. I just remember I liked it and it wasn't like masterful or it was just like, "Oh, I finished it and it felt good to finish it." And that was my memories of it. So it's very new for me again starting it, but I did really 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 enjoy the first episode with setting up like the character introductions and the settings I it doesn't bother me that about like their faces or their facial expressions um I've watched Studio Orange anime for quite a bit of time actually in fact anytime they've come out with an anime I've watched it starting with Land of the Lustrous before people knew about Studio Orange and in fact I distinctly remember you watched them before they were cool (laughs) hipster Gracie over here um and specifically what I remember about Land of the Lustrous was I was basically the only one talking about it for the longest time and I felt like this great feat of accomplishment when I finally managed at the end of the season to get people to like start watching it and vote for it and not for it to like go close to the top 10 (laughs) it wasn't it didn't even (laughs) enter top 10 but it was closer to top 10 i felt really proud because i was like if it wasn't for me just like talking about it and ranting about it every single week our anime trending page that probably would have never happened so um and actually shockingly they ended up winning best in sceneries and visuals that year which that i was wasn't expecting at all so uh so i'm i've always been a big fan of studio orange i think they take a lot of pride and they have a lot of love to their series and um and you know the characters and the stories so i have full faith in them but it's specifically the visual direction with the shots and the way that the camera turns that i just absolutely adored and yes uh james i love the scene where like that strange person in a costume is playing a pipe organ (laughs) so but it was just so cool and it was just the right atmosphere so i really really liked it It, um it was one of the best of the premiere episodes that i saw Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to finishing uh, or continuing Trigon. I say finishing, and then every time I say that, I uh, stop watching shows partway through the season um, because I'm a bad anime fan. Let's see. Um, though I anticipate I will continue with Trigon Stampede because it's good, and as long as there's just one episode a week that I can keep up, as long as I never fall behind. Uh, I think on the complete opposite side in terms of genres, the other show that I have started watching is The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague, which I've read a couple chapters of the manga for, and the when I read some of that, kind of my conclusion was, oh, this is moderately charming, um, but I didn't, I wasn't like ravenous for new chapters, and so I was just kind of reading it, uh, reading it as is. Um, and so... It's a it's a cool little like rom com. If memory serves, the original manga is like a four coma, which means, and you can kind of tell based on how the scenes are done. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. it's sweet. Um, the one thing that I kind of like is the 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 general the comedy part of this romance comedy is again like the the gap between kind our uh, Himuro, our our ice guy here. Uh, his exterior, how he acts, and then how he his mental state on the inside. Uh, the inclusion of Kansai Ben, the Kansai accent, is is kind of neat. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily like required, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm it's, I don't have anything against it. Uh, and then um, Fuyutsuki is uh, she's cool. I like her, um, and I like her cat. That's kind of that's called that's kind of all I've got. It's a it's a it, not a whole lot of progression I think at the moment. They're still feeling each other out in the first two episodes. What are but, you uh, talking if, about? The ice guy is already thinking to himself how oh, much he's he head loves over heels her. for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's he's head over heels for her. But again, this is a you have to go beyond just one person liking another person. You have to get some of that that mutual. It's the they both like each other, but neither of them are aware that. The other one likes them. That's the good stuff right there. Uh, and we <laughs> we haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I think it's sweet, though. The one thing that I think is particularly charming is that Fiyutsuki keeps going out of her way to help her coworker, And 
I at the moment I'm chalking it up to she is just a nice person because we don't have as much she's like vaguely interested just as because Himuro is like an oddity um but it, it's kind of really sweet to see like oh yeah you mentioned this so I brought you you know you mentioned that flowers keep dying so I brought you some some straw to make like a shelter to keep the flowers warm and you mentioned that you wish you could pet cats but you can't so here's some cat whiskers which is like the closest thing I can get for you and you're afraid of freaking out too much at the ocean and ruining the beach resort for everybody so and when she said this is handmade I've made those kind of wave simulators those take a while uh, especially if you're not used to making them and so I'm like wow that's dedication that's cute I enjoy that so you know it's it's a fluffy show for me um, I will probably watch it when I'm feeling lonely and it will make me feel warm again. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Gracie? I see you've got it at B tier. I can't make a pun because every single word in the title doesn't start with the letter B. <laughs> uh, so I know B tier is basically like enjoyable and, um, it's, it's in the middle, you know, it's right in the middle. So yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So I, I do like it. I personally really like it. It's a, it's based on a Jose manga. So we haven't had a Jose anime adaptation in literally forever now. So that's always really nice. And you can very obviously see it by the visual direction. I'd like to say that the girls have gone into swimsuits and there hasn't been a single chest or butt shot, which has been very good for me watching it because Lord knows I get tired of those. And so it was good for me too, because my mom was in the room when my sister and I were watching this show. <laughs> oh, yes, that is very good, actually. Um, and so I think for me is you're right, it is a or the way that it's set up is very for coma ish and so i'm not sure the first episode did like like it was enjoyable but it didn't really stand out in the sense that oh i can't wait for the next episode it's like oh that was nice i'm looking forward to the next episode when it comes out but um but it's not um but it's not something that i'm like actively thinking about throughout the week and so um, i actually did like the second episode more than i did the first um because i that definitely gave me a little more like feelings and doki doki this week than last week but in regards to the whole picture of the anime the visual style and um and how they told the story uh it was it was good it was fine it was good so that's why I put it on B tier but as a whole like personally if I'm not looking at it in a more like critical here are the five things that make an anime good and let's look at the whole package thing it's probably going to be one of my favorites just because it makes me feel nice and it's and I love a good romance so yeah <laughs> yeah I'm I'm looking forward to, and this is me, this is something I enjoy doing when I watch new shows is, especially when they have an opening sequence, is look at the opening sequence and try to guess where the show's going to go for it, or like go from there. And so I'm seeing like another duo of characters that we haven't been introduced to yet are in the opening sequence. And the other two members of the uh, the onboarding cohort are there, and I don't know, I didn't get far enough in the manga, so I don't know if those two are going to be a couple or if they're just going to be the other two of the group of four initial people that just, you know, they're the leftovers and sure ship them if you want, but let's be perfectly honest. They're accessories to the, what's going on mostly uh, for, between our main two characters. Uh, it gives me a little bit of something to look forward to in anticipation. Got any questions, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, not really. I mean, I think it kind of lays itself out just in the title. I mean, yeah, no, that's, uh, like, you're right. It is funny, though, because it is his name, like, they call him the ice guy, but in reality, he's actually really emotional, and it's very, very obvious because his emotions manifest um, ice powers like Elsa does, <laughs> but in, like, yeah. a more funny, like, cutesy way because, you know, no ice blasts or anything like that. So, um, so it's actually the female lead who can be a little harder to read because she's very calm and collected all the time and um so it's a bit of a, a switcheroo you expect the guy to be the calm collected hard to read one and then the girl to be the one that's like emotional and helping him getting get out of his shell but in reality is actually flipped it's the guy who's very emotional and you can very obviously tell how he feels and the girl who's like a lot more like collected and keeps to herself so yeah <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. okay. i mean ice guy is also just a literal description Yes. <laughs> he is He is a snowman. All right. Those are the only two that I've watched the first episodes of because there's a lot of sequels this season, and I haven't watched the season one to those sequels. So uh, if anybody else has seen those original seasons and is watching the sequels, I would love to hear about it. 
Nick. Oh, pop up. <laughs> as I as per my previous email to James, uh, <laughs> Vinland Saga is a really good show. I mean, it's gone, it's historically performed really well on our charts, and season two is picked up by Crunchyroll, so now all of season one has also been on Crunchyroll for some time. And now we get more Viking material. And I, I don't know if it's if it's just me, but like I, I recently watched The Northman. And one of the things that I really liked about that particular movie is how, like, how much it doesn't really shy away of portraying, like, all of the horrible things that Vikings were doing, like, at the time. Whereas, like, in other television shows, like the Vikings TV show, like, there was a lot more of a, uh, I'm not going to say whitewash, but it definitely, like, downplays a lot of, like, the really messed up aspects of that kind of life that was going on at the time um, in favor of being a more sanitized kind of product. It's a romanticized version of it. Let's be perfect. If you want something that's historically accurate, a third of your cast should die of some waterborne disease before they, before the end of the show. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. And like, and Vinland Saga has that kind of good mix of like, there's some aspects I feel romanticized, some aspects that are pretty brutal showing. And it overall makes for a, just a great classic revenge story. Cause that's just what that's like, the best part about the Vikings, uh, the Viking kind of stories. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want like a season two specific aspect. I mean, season one in, in the show slash manga, it's kind of considered to be like the prologue aspect. Even like the very last episode is just like end of Thorfinn's prologue. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's, it's been quite a while since I think the first season had come out. And so uh, it kind of is interesting, I guess, when you see the evolution of like um, boy becomes warrior man. And if anyone was going to be like, wait, that just sounds like Lion King. It, and it kind of is uh, because Lion King is loosely based off of Hamlet and Hamlet is loosely based off of um, Amleth which is Hamlet backwards, who's a uh, Norse mythology man. Um, same story as, as Hamlet, uh, just happens to be a Viking story that Shakespeare ripped off. Uh, <laughs> Good take. to hear that there is nothing original in the world. Nothing original, sorry. Uh, Shakespeare did not have mat- original material. <laughs> Shakespeare was a hack. <laughs> uh, because he was inspired by, by Norse mythology too, because it's some pretty cool warrior stuff from that. And this is from Studio Mappa, so this is fresh off of... Uh, all of the people, I don't know if there's a subset of people who had worked on this compared to all the people that were working on. This is the original Vinland Saga mm-hmm. team. The director had to, like tweeted about it where he specifically said that he was not going to work on season two without everyone from season one. That's, yeah, and that's an interesting choice considering, I guess, how much MAPPA has expanded within the realm of other studios, especially with this past year working with um, Chainsaw Man. Um It wasn't that they officially joined MAPPA as employees. It was the fact that MAPPA was the one who was willing to take them Mm -hmm. on. And so, um, so that's why they, they quote unquote joined MAPPA. But in reality, it's more like, Hey, I have this team of people. We've all agreed. We really want to work on this anime. And, um, uh, like, with studio their original one isn't ready for them to do that so are you guys okay with us doing that and then we'll like come oh yeah because sugar daddy because wit wit was the original studio title but in reality what you're saying is like the actual teams have not changed from season one to season two um correct the producers have and that's kind of it the director has been very um ever since Vinland Saga season one had won our anime trending awards the director has not been shy in regards to sharing news and explaining processes in English and so uh, and he gets quite a bit of good traction on top of that so he was the one who decided to explain because when they was announced that Vinland Saga was going to be MAPPA some people were like oh you know does that mean that the team changes because they really uh, they really liked it at WIT and stuff like that and so 
he explained uh, explicitly it was he said he wanted the full team from season one. He wasn't going to work on it if it wasn't the full team. But then the next question is who is willing to let him and his full team work on it and Wit Studio didn't let them or at the time wasn't available enough to let them. And so they went, you know, studio shopping to see who would. He became the leader of a band of anime mercenaries (laughs) going to. (laughs) I know. I'm having that same. I'm having that same mental image of them all in like the same rowboat, like all at once while one the main leaders hit the drums. That's hilarious. (laughs) But that's actually interesting because like the difference is that like a show like Attack on Titan also went from Wit Studio to Studio Mappa, but actually did have staff changes like in that process this well that's the thing the staff didn't want to work on it in that timeline so they didn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's interesting that's something that i think i might want to keep track of behind the scenes because that that could have different implications if you have studios that are kind of banded around or at least studio staff that are banded around direct directors that they want to work with and work for on teams that that's actually a really powerful yeah he's um he's he's made some really good like industry comments to people like he he's also talked about the bad industry practices like he has not been shy about that since um he's built an english following um and one thing he did know is that he said a misconception he sees a lot of people on is associating the literal studios with the anime and he's like no no because everyone's technically freelance and they can move studios it's actually more about the individuals behind it than the studio name so that was one thing that he debunked and luckily that did reach a lot of people unfortunately it doesn't reach everyone so not everyone got the message so yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting actually that basically everybody's an independent contractor which i don't like and i'll, I'll you know in terms of from like organized labor perspective but it, it and also it makes it a lot more He's like, you got to find the individual animator or the individual director that's doing this. And they're hopping from project to project. But that's the way it is. And so uh, fans that are trying to follow shows that they like and creators that they like, you got to dig a little deeper to be like, it's not just the studio that made it. It's it's what's his bucket that did the keyframes and so and so that did, you know, it's like how music fans get it, I think, for soundtracks, because. They don't go, oh, yeah, the studio did this. That's and... interesting. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Music fans do get it. I never thought about that before. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't say like, oh, it's a Kinema Citrus anime. That must mean it has good music. We're like, no, this is a, a Kevin Penkin show. That way yeah. we know the kind of music that we're getting into. And so um, it's the same thing with, um, you know, Sawano-san and uh, Yuki Kaiju. Kaiju. I always mispronounce her uh, yeah, it's like we never think of yeah as studio. We hear the composer's name. We're like, oh, this is gonna, this music is gonna be good. So. Yeah. So you just got to start doing that for for directors and uh, animators. And I mean, the Sakuga blog people do that, and so they are they are the example. Um, f- use them as a reference for how you should kind of follow follow creation uh, creators as as they produce uh, content. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Nick. Have you watched anything else other than? Uh... Oh wait, Gracie. Do you have opinions on Vinland Saga season two? I see you have it in S tier, S for saga. Um, outside of what I guess we've already discussed. That is terrible. <laughs> I have bad news for you, Gracie. Every single one of your S tier shows, except for one of them, has a a, a word that starts with the letter S. So uh, this is going to be happening. <laughs> Um, so basically, yes, I put it in S tier. A Sakuga person actually pointed it out really well, which is technically Vinland Saga's animation is okay, uh, but specifically, it's the way that they visually tell the story outside of just pure animation that does an extremely good job. And I never really thought of it until they pointed it out, and I saw it for what it is, and I'm like, yeah, if I actually, you know, compare the literal animation of Vinland Saga to say um i could be sailor uniform or you know bochi the rock for that matter it is a lot like you know 
less dynamic but in regards to how they show the shots and they transition between them that's where it really that's where they really hit people and I'm like that is where it's so beautiful and so impactful so here's an example of an anime where animation isn't bad that's not it at all it's actually good it's just not amazing but it still pulls off an incredible package because they sort of know where to divert um, their attention to to still tell a really great story but yeah Vinland Saga I love the first season I've started the second season and I am really excited for it I do sort of know what happens I couldn't wait and so I did read some spoilers wow um, I'm disappointed in the year gap in the three-year gap i did read some spoilers per se so i do know where it's going but i think um i something that has occurred to me is specifically how he is using slavery into the story Uh, and is he a character or the the Sorry, the mangaka, the original writer. So we all know that anime loves their slavery, but this is like one of the instances where slavery is actually historically accurate in regards to where it takes place and why it's taking place and how it's taking place and such. So I am honestly really excited to see that because that's not something you see in anime at all. And I think it is an important, very important part of history, especially in Northern Europe for that matter, um, in this regard. So yeah, I, I love Vinland Saga season two it was returned to form for me. So there was nothing else to say. <laughs> Excellent. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, any other any other shows you're watching, Nick? Yes. So I am watching the near Automata anime. Um, it's uh, put out by A1 Pictures. Um, and right now I don't really have a great feel for it only because like I've played the game so much and I, I love near Automata as a game and as a story. And so the, it's challenge is that it's trying to tell a story that really utilized its original medium extremely well. Like there's so, there's very few titles, I think, of video games that is able to use its idea of being in a video game to its advantage in a lot of the storytelling and mechanics and how it plays out um, that I'm kind of interested in like, seeing whether or not it can push the envelope from an anime point of view or if it's just a quick retelling of like the basic um plot of the story um like and that's why i'm I'm just wondering like if it's not going to have the same impact as before um at its core near automata is basically like a sci-fi story uh set thousands of years after humanity has abandoned the earth because of Aliens have caused uh, robots to attack humanity. So now you have a spot where robots have taken over the world. The last remnants of humanity are all stuck on the moon. And instead of humans fighting, they have sent all of their androids to essentially try to clear out the planet in order for the humans to eventually one day come back. And so a lot of the themes have to do with the fact that like these androids are not supposed to have human thoughts and emotions, but, but do um, and they have to come with the groups that they are kind of fighting like an endless war um, for almost it feels like there there's like no end in sight. And so a lot of the um, a lot of the game really does like tie into that, um, but also does it in kind of interesting ways with the game mechanics. Like, for instance, like one of the things I really liked about the game is that every single user interface element can be turned off by your character in order to make more space for your upgrades. Like, like imagine like your, your own character is a robot that you can customize your internal brain so that you don't have to look at like how much HP your opponents have or how much, uh, uh, like life, um, you see or your experience bar because they're actually physical components in the game, um, that are tied to your own character as, as you go. And so it's like these sort of things that I thought were so interesting as like a game design mechanic. Um, And there's like one particular boss that ends up trying to hack the characters. And by showing that, like you end up having to play like a little tiny uh, hacking mini game mid fight that kind of plays out like 
you're a almost like you're playing like gal like a mix of galaga is how i would describe it but galaga is a fun game i love galaga yeah and like like they kind of show it a little bit in the anime as like as 9s is a character that is good at hacking but it's kind of shown more as he's actually physically like slashing things in the the whatever cyberverse um so it doesn't really have that same impact i would say um I guess, I guess the only thing is just because of the fact that the very first episode is a tutorial level. So it's just, here's here's the basic mission. Uh, 2B is one of the leaders of her squad. She's going in to try to, like, destroy a giant Goliath weapon and ends up having to team up with 9S. And then they end up having to take down the giant robot. Um, and because they're about to die, because they end up blowing themselves up. And turns out they survive because... 9s ended up saving their data like their physical in-game data so then they were able to transfer that to their new bodies in in their bunker base so that cool. yeah that, that's kind of the basic outline of like the first 30 minutes of, of the game and it kind of does a speed run of like here's the first boss you fought and you killed it really quick in the anime here's the second boss here's the third boss. like so it's like I wouldn't say the fights necessarily have as much like emotional impact as like I guess they could be in compared to the game. And I'm curious how the future parts are gonna go. Because there's one one boss in particular that would probably be like the next episode or two, where um imagine JoJo's bizarre adventure with the Santana fight, where it's like a creature that kind of comes out, like almost has about as much knowledge as like a baby. I don't know, this is, this yes. is going to describe so weird, like where it's like slowly learning throughout the fight. And so how, how the game plays it out is that you're fighting essentially a boss that starts out at like level one, but as you keep hitting it, it starts leveling up as it goes. And that's it's like, learning. yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like in the game, it's basically teaching you as a player is like, oh, this is a learning like entity. It's actually going to start getting insanely strong in like the next, uh, few minutes as, as you're fighting it um and so that was something that i think the game is able to use its own mechanics to show that without having to like explicitly i guess show it either through dialogue or other parts within the game um so i'm, I'm just hoping at its core that the anime isn't like a just a quick retelling of the game even though like a lot of the signs are kind of pointing it like in that direction i see the soundtrack is still good, though. I mean, it's basically taking the same tracks from the game that I love, and so they're just playing it. I'm like, uh, I don't know if they even had to try to like redo the soundtrack. It's just here's the here's the award winning soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you've got a winner, you kind of want to stick with. Yeah, that. exactly. Like it is a it is a very winning formula for that soundtrack. So uh, I don't think they'll have to do much for it. Hear, hearing that the the show might just be a retread of the game, though, is like for me who hasn't played the game, I'm like, this is cool because that makes it very easy for me to understand the, um, so like I can get the whole plot without actually having to go through all the gameplay. But I can also see as somebody who's played the game, if you're looking for something else, then that means that this cool anime that is based on, you know, that's related to a game that you love, uh, might not be worth watching, which is a shame. Yeah. And the other thing is like, from a game perspective, if you played the game, like, it makes you play the the entire game like multiple times to get through the whole story. So like you actually see this tutorial level like at least twice. Um, from what well, the first one is from Two B's perspective, and then at the second playthrough is through Nine S's perspective. So you kind of see like differences in what events that were happening to kind of like show um, some of the underlying themes in a different light. Um, but in this episode, they showed essentially both scenes that would have been played out in the different perspectives at the same time. Um, so you, you got 2B's perspective, you got 9S's perspective at the same time, rather than um, splitting those parts up, which might help the pacing. Um, and I'm not really one to like, I guess, criticize that part, because that was actually one of the parts that was so rough uh, to try to get through, um, because you're seeing the same events like multiple times. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, any others? I feel like uh, I want to make sure that Gracie has an opportunity to talk about something that we haven't talked about yet, but I also want to make sure that you've covered everything, Nick. 
I saw that Buddy Daddies is on Gracie's S tier list. I saw, yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's the one that I can't make a like a S for something. I guess S for the multiple end. daddies. Oh, no. It's the plural multiple of daddies. Daddy. Plural. I watched. <laughs> I watched oh my one. Gosh. <laughs> I watched. I watched one clip of it because it just showed up on my YouTube recommended, and I'm like, "Huh, I haven't seen this. I wonder if this is just a show that came out a while ago that I missed." And no, it's a new one. And the thing that sticks out to me is that where the girl's like, "Are you my dad?" And that just reminds me of that one kids book, which is like, "Are you my mother?" Have either of you? Do either of you have any memory yeah, of that? I, or am I, I have like, a slight memory of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like this like bird that goes around to like every other animal. It's like, are you my mother? And they're like, no. What's wrong with you? And then like the little bird goes to a, like another. I don't remember the exact plot, but basically a small animal I goes around. I think it a was a take animals. on the ugly gosling, but um, or the ugly duckling. But instead of making it super sad, they you know made it for children. <laughs> they made it for children instead, which is just a lost child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I'm a fan of "Is Your Mama a Llama?" That's a, that's a pretty good children's book. If you ever want to read that one, <laughs> the the children's book that I remember is "The Hungry Hungry Thing," uh, and I don't know where my old copy of it is from when I was a kid. So Not I tried the Hungry up... Hungry Caterpillar. No, no, the Hungry Hungry Thing. It looks like oh. uh, I don't remember like, the exact like details. Eric Car- but... Like like John Carpenter's "The Thing," like that. No, 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 no. So what? imagine, imagine. <laughs> It's it's this like big blue beast wanders into town and with a sign that says feed me and the townspeople keep trying to like feed it like regular food and the monster keeps asking for like basically nonsense words and then like the whole town is like we don't know what that is and then like the little kids like well that word sounds like this word which sounds like this word which is actually a food um so and then the they they feed the the monster that one and then the monster's happy with it and will actually eat it. And then this just repeats over and over and over again until the townspeople realize, oh, in order to get the mon- the monster will eat anything, you just have to lie to it and like change the first letter of um of any given food and it'll eat it. So like then at the end of it, the townspeople are just like feeding this monster and being like somebody hands uh hands it a bunch of bananas and go, These are bananas. And the monster's like, All right, I eat bananas, and then eats the bananas. Um, and, and then just, this continues until at the very end, the monster turns, it's like wearing the sign on its neck and it turns the sign around and it says, I'm full. Thank you. And then leaves town. Um, the best way I can describe the monster is, uh, it looks like, honestly, it looks like the Pokemon Quagsire. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to describe something though. Yeah, and uh, I tried looking up how much the book was, and I found a copy on Amazon used, and it was like $80, which means it's been out of print for like 15 years. <laughs> My childhood is rapidly receding behind me. That sounds kind of cursed in a lot of ways, but also like... It's one of my favorite books. But it's like, like when you say this, it's like you're describing it, like how the plot of Monster involves like a children book about like the monster that ate everything or something, and it's just like the oh, monster's yeah. inside me like trying to chomp away at things is like how that yeah. <laughs> like and i'm just thinking of that but no it's, like it's not even that. every night i'm like wow this explains a lot james <laughs> no no he's very polite the monster just stands in the town square just yeah, with a sign that says feed really me cute. he even said thank you <laughs> yeah. it's not like he's going around eating people he's just kind of standing there and the town kind of wants it to go away so it's like what do you want and he's like feed me and they're like all right cool that's not too difficult it's adorable it's my favorite children's book <laughs> And now I have to go change some of my security questions. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, my well, goodness. Well, uh, Buddy Daddies is not about that, <laughs> to say Dang. the least. So what is it about? <laughs> oh, um, so basically, I know a lot of people thought this was going to be like a gay spy family ripoff. It's actually quite different. The uh, First of all, you've already, you see a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> from the get-go uh compared to even spy family like yeah you, you it's i think they have a higher kill count <laughs> than all the killings that has happened so far in spy family um but essentially it's about these two mercenaries who are rooming together and it seems like they've known each other for a very long time but they're partners in crime and that they and history will remember them as good friends yes <laughs> um and basically Basically, 
um, what happened is during one of their missions, this little girl accidentally hijacks it. And the reason why they hijack it is the, I, I haven't remembered their names yet, unfortunately. It's, it's going to take a while. But the blonde hair guy, he used to have a wife who was pregnant. And it seems like she is still alive. But something had happened to the kid. So that's why he's no longer like with her and he's living with his partner instead. And um, and so when the little girl comes out of nowhere and like hijacks their mission accidentally, uh, he wasn't able to like, you know, shove her away or do anything because it just makes him think about the fact of what he's lost. And so um, but the whole hilarious situation is that she is looking for her dad and her mom specifically said that her dad was in this area who state who likes to go to this hotel and stuff like that, which is happens to be where the mission was taking place and there's all these shenanigans where uh the two kill their target successfully and a bunch of other people on the way mind you and um and then he uh and then one one of them the one that shoots more that does the more like action stuff he like quickly escapes and the other one who's more known for like disguising himself and blending in with people he like takes the girl and he basically proclaims himself to be her dad and she accepts him because she genuinely doesn't know who her dad is and uh and so he takes her back and everything and they finally go through her backpack and they see a letter from her mom who is obviously not there anymore for some reason I guess we'll find out later but she has a photograph of who her dad is and her dad is the guy that those two had just killed <laughs> so, uh -oh. um, so they're kind of forced to like take in this orphan child now um and it's like a funny joke because the uh the that's right one dead parents funny joke <laughs> So the one that is the one that does more of the shooting and the fighting, he is um, he apparently likes to pick up stray animals. He has like a very soft spot for stray animals. And so throughout the whole episode, he had been sulking because he picked up a stray cat. And uh, the other guy was like, you can't do this. We can't we don't have like a job that had like that should have pets or anything like that, which is ironic. Right. Because then they end up raising a kid together. And so um, and so essentially he like drops the stray kitty back off where they found it but he like puts it in a box and he like wraps a, a scarf around it so the kitty wouldn't feel tired and it's been it's like in his mind as well because uh the guy who picked up the cat is like sulking the entire episode because he was forced to give it up and then the one who like demanded that they put the stray cat back he ended up going back to the spot to check and see if it's still there and he was able to happily find out that someone did pick up and adopt the kitten so he immediately felt better as well so it's been like present like simmering throughout the whole episode that these are two men who genuinely like to take care of things but because they are mercenaries who are killing people and in and like are in very dangerous situations and obviously something has happened to one of them and his family um they opted to just never have it but lo and behold a child has plopped into their lap and now they have to be dads together to it so I really liked the first episode. It's the first scene, I think, is very, very successful in showcasing like what the story is about and what the atmosphere is going to be like and what their relationships are. It starts off with an insane chase scene and then um, and then you quickly find out which of the guys responsible for which responsibility and then um, and then in the middle of interrogation uh, they get a phone call and it turns out Miri who's a little girl um, the t uh, her kindergarten teacher was like um like you know Miri Cha's papa she has a fever can you come pick her up and they're like in the middle of like a torture interrogation <laughs> and so they had to like stop midway to like run to the car and like go pick her up because they have to pick her up now and um it's like that opening sequence just was just the right sweet spot and i think in regards to premiere was just really really successful to introducing the audience to the show the characters and the overall story with insanely good animation so yeah mm. well you've really sold it to me that's for sure i will uh i'm probably gonna watch it yeah, definitely the scene where it's like you can kind of just hear the grinding and gnashing of teeth, but having to stop that sounds kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's really great. I I really loved it. So yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, I think we've got time for for one more. So, Gracie, do you have another uh, another first impression? Uh, we've been talking a lot about like shows that have, you know, let's continue talking about shows we like. We don't need to talk about things that underperformed. What is another show that you enjoyed? Um, I mean, I do have quite a bit though. I have um, I have Bungle Stray Dog season four and S tier. I, I see S for stray. Yes, I knew this was coming. <laughs> and plural so. for dogs. <laughs> uh so basically so here's my issue with bungo stray dogs and i know i put it in s tier bungo stray dogs present storyline is not interesting to me every single time when it's focused on atsushi and his whole th- deal with akutagawa i don't really care as much and so every single time bungo stray dogs starts their story with like something that happens in the past it absolutely captures me in season two the thing that happened was between odasaku and how uh, dazai ended up joining the detective agency loved it that was probably one of my favorite arcs of all time and so bungo stray dog season four starts exactly there again it's back in the past and we are talking about the guy who created detective agency how he met with rompo and so um and i'm assuming this is the backstory of how the detective agency was even formed in the first place and the first episode was so so good first of all they decided to do a gray scale filter of like an art style visual storytelling choice of everything being gray except for the primary colors which is yellow red and blue and that visual is just stunning for this type of story arc about something that happened like so back the past as in the oldest guy in the in the cast is so so very young right now and the detective who is very much an adult was literally a 14 year old boy so um and then on top of that because it's rompel that is getting involved since he's a detective the black Black and white sort of style that they're going with also resembles film noir, um, which is perfect once again, because that's the whole point of film noir is that it's a detective story and it ties in with Rompel's character and what they're trying to do. So I just thought that visual choice was so effectively creative that it just blew my mind in that first episode and I really didn't think I was going to love it that much in regards to the first episode of season four because once again I've always had trouble with the plot of the actual like present timeline but my god does did it capture me with like stories of the past so that's why that's on s tier in regards to like a first episode of a season um my last one in S tier is kind of the Great Snow Sea, which just ah, came out. S for snow and sea. Uh, yes, I I knew that was coming, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that one is uh, my. That one I just watched today. It's actually also a CG anime, which I know is going to put a lot of people off, but I do think CG is the correct choice. This is an original anime, and so it's its own world and its own story and its own characters, and I don't really know how to describe it to you, honestly. It's it's alien-esque, but not completely at the same time so um so we uh so in the first episode they've introduced the world really well there seems to be two parts of the world one that's like above the canopies and um of like these ginormous trees where villagers uh, or villages live but the trees have been dying off and people don't know why and at this point there seems like there's only one tree that is really alive right now and it only so as a result only one village total is alive and in that village there's only one um young person who's a young man and the rest of the people are all elders and so the elders it's there's like this sense of sadness at the beginning because you quickly realize he's the only young person there and the elders know that they're going to be gone very soon and they're just like what's going to happen to him when we're all gone you know like he's gonna have no Mm -hmm. one suddenly so it's it's like that guy from (laughs) to your eternity but before like, like before he gets all alone, like the, the main guy. The yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're right. That did make me think of that. Yeah. And so, um, so that's the first thing. But then we quickly find out there is another world all the way deep, 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 deep down below the canopies that the people above had no idea about. And they essentially live on the snow sea. Like it's an actual sea, but it's just like filled with snow all the time because it's always snowing. And people, 
people um and people uh not teleport, sorry. Uh, what's the right word? The, oh, people commute on these uh, sea lion, dolphin-looking things, which uh, they're pretty cute, I think. And so that's their ride. And it seems like there's some political stuff happening down there because one, because um, two groups of people started fighting and actually straight up killing each other. And one of them was the princess. And so they they were looking for something that like floats in the air. And so they managed to catch it, but um, but their enemies came. And they started fighting so the princess um the the people forced the princess to escape she does know how to fight and she wanted to stay but they're like if anyone has to be alive it has to be you so they put her they they put her into the basket that was holding the floating thing and then they cut the ropes because their original plan was to bring it back with them but obviously now that's like their only way to escape and so she floats off into the sky and the ending episode occurs when the boy from up above the canopy just sees this thing float above this hole of like this of their atmosphere of what has kept them safe for so long and for the first time ever he has realized there is another human who is not living amongst the top like everyone else is but somewhere along the bottom and it was so good the visuals are so beautiful the animation the cg does not bother me one bit i loved it and i can't wait for it so that's my my last s tier <laughs> Yeah, and one thing that really sets itself apart as I'm looking at some of the visuals going in, I mean, this is the same studio, because this is Studio Polygon that did Knights of Cydonia, they did Blame. Um, they're also pretty well um, equipped for a 3D CG show. Um, but yeah, definitely that setting is so unique as a thing. Like, it one is, of the things they do so is. well in like a lot of their shows is just be able to say, this is not Earth, so we're going to create our own separate vibe and the fact that like the when you when, the way how you were saying canopy i was kind of confused until i saw the fact that like trees. the world is built of giant trees that are reaching mm -hmm. up all the side it's such yep. a cool like difference in like um like a fantasy sci-fi sort of setting um, exactly exactly it's so creative and it's cg honestly i think makes it look best i don't think the 2d art style would work as well in regards to showcasing that so yeah especially because it's like the the canopy is a lot clear like a clear uh texture same thing with like the snow mm -hmm. so it almost like yeah by being in 3d you get to have a lot more of like lighting particle effects um mm -hmm, can get replicated mm -hmm. a lot easier otherwise in 2d you actually have to like draw all of like the beams and how like that's supposed to reflect refract off refract off each other um, and for some reason like if i try to imagine it in 2d i feel like it would feel like cluttered or like busy but when it's 3d it actually looks vast like a huge open space that's what it feels like to me at least okay so. that, that's interesting we can put that on the, the radar i saw that um oh that's cool i didn't know that yorushika did the opening theme i love yorushika that's a great band um, but also the other thing I was going to say like I was going to say isn't this a Solano as well um, yes it is a Solano so like there's a lot of there's, I think there's a decent amount of people who would just watch it just because you're like you put his name on for composer and you're like oh now I'm interested um, yeah <laughs> that's true wow okay I might just I might just go watch this right after we're done recording because now I'm like heck yeah dude this is a because I didn't I didn't see this on the radar until I, I, I didn't I couldn't tell based off of the poster, but then it's like, wait, like all of the staff list is like, this is kind of cool. I think this is the wonderful thing about an anime original because they're not trying to adapt their um, their animation style to a world. They get to create the world that fits their animation style the best. And this world they've created has fit that animation style beautifully for the first episode. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was a fan of Knights of Cydonia a lot just from the actual mecha fights were like one of the coolest fights in um, in, in 3D. So you kind of see like the, the areas where they were pioneering a lot of the style that um, I guess it would be a difference in stylistic choice compared to like a studio like Orange. I, I don't know technically who's different on like if they're making conscious choices where Orange is just really good at getting the right coloring or the right expansion because of like how like land of the lustrous was so um like the focus was on the the lighting in a lot mm. of the shots um and it's really hard to just describe this on a 
on a on a podcast kind of format because I'm like I need a chart of like this is what this one looked like this is what this one looked like uh, and kind of break down each of these shots. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, maybe that'll be a future thing. I gotta start posting uh, more on the Twitter account. So Nick, if you get any good screenshots, send them along, and I'll start tweeting. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll think about that as we go. Um... But. Uh... Yeah, I think that's uh, just about all the time we've got for this episode. There are more shows that I think haven't aired yet, so look forward to some more first impressions. Um, I think that's what we've got on the docket next. Yep, we got more first and, impressions. Uh, oh, we we got another episode of it? <laughs> probably. Probably, because oh. I mean, we, we didn't talk about... Because um, there's a lot of sequels, so it's hard to be like, hey, this show is really good, and, and you should okay, watch great. more of this. Okay, great. I can talk about all the other anime on my team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have, like, all of A tier to go over, which hopefully at that point I will have watched some of. Yeah, and, and there's also, like... C tier, D tier, I have my thoughts for all of those. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, so many sequels, because we have, was it Misfit of Demon King Academy had all of the stuff behind the scenes that we could talk about. There's Tokyo Revengers Season 2 coming down. There's Vampire uh, Never Dies. Nagatoro second season. second season. There's more Inspector. second season. There's uh, some light novel thing. The Angel Next Door spoils me rotten. That uh, and then sadly on your no D-tier. no no the the popular one right now is actually Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated yes. Princess. Of yes. 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 <laughs> yes. That's a good one. I'm going to watch more of that and I'll get back to you because I've I've had that on my radar for a while thanks to the manga and thanks to one of my coworkers here at Anime Trending. No, that one's pretty that good. That one's on A tier for a reason because um, I'll explain it when we get there as to why I had bumped it down from S to A, but it's Oof. good. <laughs> so All do you right. think this – so before – we could talk about it next week. But like, yes, yeah, so the Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady, do you see that being a show that – starts out not as popular but then grows in popularity no the it's season. already like, um it's already going to be popular because the our our tweets are going far when it comes to this anime oh i see okay so it's not like a boshi the rock where like five or six nah, episodes yeah. in then no, you saw the no. explosion I'll, I'll tell you why um the main character her, her name is uh honest so um but the main character honest she her personality is the type of personality that universally people like the girls like her and the guys like her so that's why <laughs> yeah Sweet. she's a very she's a she's a very bright character on on the outset and then we'll get into some backstory later which is always fun anyway Sweet. Can't but wait. that's for next episode dun 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 uh before before we truly close things out this is once again uh your friendly reminder to vote for your anime trending awards uh i think the polls are open for another two weeks as of this recording um and so go out and vote i did my voting today the website format is so beautiful and so easy to navigate i don't have to scroll all the way to the bottom anymore like i used to 10 out of 10 so yeah go vote uh i think gracie has voted and nick have you voted yet i I voted um all right good i I already put in my couple and ship of the year post and then mobile suit gundam episode 12 came out so uh that's really funny i'm I'm really curious as to how those results are gonna change yeah all right well stay tuned till next time uh and yeah goodbye follow us on twitter and stuff Bye. Bye. Thank you.